when we attacked your planet, all your soldiers and all their advanced technology could only put up a measly nine-minute fight before they were exterminated. Which is why man is an endangered species. Garbage in, garbage out. Hello, hello, all you gigalos. Welcome to Garbage In, Garbage Out. I am your host, as always, Kelton, and I am joined this week by Grift. How's it going, sir? It's good. Um, just to get myself in the state of mind to dissect this, just one of the worst pieces of media I've ever seen. I am currently oh drinking one of the worst drinks I've ever had before. Um, so, fucking... Um, Bud Light released this like fall like flannel seltzer pack, and okay. and they like the, these these are the worst drinks you could ever imagine. So I I currently uh, just popped open a toasted marshmallow flavored seltzer just to get yeah, just, you brought just, this just, entirely on yourself just just to get my you know you gotta you gotta get your mind right you gotta get in the right I see. right framework to just. Uh, go in on the garbage so i am <laughs> and what a framework we have to be in yeah. uh joining us though as guest this week it is brian from the illegal screen how is it going sir hey thank you for having me kelton and grift uh, it's a pleasure to be here i did as requested and checked my theme levels before we started recording it's important so they're doing well by the way if you guys Excellent. were concerned I'm i know fine. that's something we're supposed to keep in mind like uh oh if you think you have covid make sure you check your oxygen levels you know, make sure you're above 95% or yeah. whatever. Yeah, check your Thetan levels while watching this movie, while watching yeah. Battlefield Earth. And They're if you feel a rise, exactly. That's how yeah. you know you're a chosen one. Uh, that, that's what's going on here. Uh, this this week, of course, as you all could probably tell from the title, we are covering Battlefield Earth. It is certainly a movie. Uh, and it came out in 2000. It stars John Travolta, Barry Pepper, Forrest Whitaker. It's a sci-fi film. The basic premise of which is that in the year 3000, uh, man has been no match for these alien invaders called the Cyclos. <laughs> Uh, who are a greedy, manipulative race of aliens who are on a quest for ultimate profit. Very easy. Not at all on the no symbolism there. Uh, <laughs> led by the powerful Turl. This is what the synopsis says. Uh, even though I don't think Turl was actually shown to be that powerful ultimately. No, We're, actually not at all. It's fine. But... It's fine. Uh, the Cyclos, they're stripping Earth of its natural resources. Actually gold, not natural resources even, really. Uh, they're just mining, but it's fine. Is it, is it ever uh, explained why they need the gold? Like, <laughs> no, it's not because gold is important, and it's gold. you know, yeah, of course, everyone needs it. Yeah, you they, think oh, they need it for technology because gold's used sometimes in like wires and shit like that, or or, or something because it pro it's used as a fuel source or something. No, no, you don't need no, that. You, Absolutely you know, they, not. They, you know, maybe they're still in the gold standard. They haven't moved to fiat currency yet. They're they're, uh, they're just trying to they're <laughs> trying to balance their actually, books. Actually, it's, yeah. called, it's called fiat currency. Uh, grift yeah. uh, is what it is yeah. with Scientology. Um, but uh, yeah, so the human race, which has been essentially bombed back into the Stone Age, has now uh, decided that they are going to rise up with the help of their fearless leader. Uh, and so it's up to Johnny, uh, this guy named Johnny Tyler, 
to try and save the whole human race and lead the revolution, become the special boy. That's the premise. I'm sorry. Normally, I try and slam out these premises and no issue with no commentary. But goddamn, this movie! Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, what did y'all think about it? Let's let's just start it off, Grift. This was so bad that it wasn't. You couldn't even enjoy it on the so bad it's good level. Like coming off the man with the iron fist, that was an objectively that was a bad movie. But you could you mm-hmm. you could buy into it and and get down with the cheesy premise. And you could just, respect it, yeah, at least. Yeah, you could You could turn your brain off and just have a good time. This was just baffling on every level. Truly. Just, like, uh, just, it, it, it was basically a ripoff of every single, you know, major sci-fi um, story of the past, like, you know, 50 years. And the, just the amount of, like, inscrutable, like, discussions of, like, alien, like, bureaucratic, like, political machinations combined with just that none of none of it was explained and none of it was was this a trend by the way in the early like late 90s early 2000s like did people think I that think, we cared about alien bureaucracy honestly i think that was i think that was with the first like um attack not attack of the clones the uh the first star wars mm. film and the new phantom trilogy menace. that was made yeah. phantom menace thank you when that came out and people had complained about kind of like the politics of it so to speak not the politics of the film itself i mean the literal political bureaucracy that's displayed in the film yeah yeah. i think what writers were doing at the time is they thought if we showed that they have these same political disputes that we do people will think this is a smart film Mm, it will somehow be taken more seriously it's not going to be considered pulpy or like stupid it's going to be taken as a serious work i think that was the angle of approach i will never complain about how george lucas now brings up politics in the phantom menace after watching this because like oh like he actually did it kind of okay i guess comparatively like yeah, compared to comparatively like, for sure. This is this is how it could have also turned out. Like, oh fuck. I mean, fuck it's me. it's interesting, like looking back in retrospect at the politics of the prequel trilogy, it actually tells a good relevant story in in retrospect. Like, especially compared to the, you know, sanitized Disney um sequels, which you know, they're they're just re- retreating the same sort of sweeping themes of the originals. They don't really have anything cogent to say about our political yeah. state, but like the the prequels actually like obviously you know they're they're cheesy, terrible acting, green screens all over the place. But it actually like you know particularly coming out while the um you know while the whole war on terror was ramping up the the whole right. metaphor of a, a shadowy you know leader working behind the scenes to start a war for you know just to gain ultimate power like that's you know it, it, it kind of actually had something to say. Um, yeah, and, and it was crazy because he wrote it thinking about Vietnam and then how it was actually still applicable at basically right. in real time as the movies were coming out. You know, it's, uh, it's pretty weird how, uh, uh it's like poetry. It rhymes, <laughs> right? That's, uh, that's the famous line. I don't know. Uh, Brian, what about you? So, oh man, I have a lot to say about this fucking movie. So the first time I saw it was probably had to have been close to when it came out on home video. Because okay. I'm, I'm almost positive my parents rented this from, like, the video store. And I remember watching on, like, VHS. I swear to God. And even I thought it was bad as a kid. 
And if kids think a movie's bad, it's a pretty good barometer that the movie's bad. <laughs> and then I revisited it again. This is the third time I've seen this film. <sighs> Whoa. Re- oh, I know. No. <laughs> I know. Oh, I revisited no. it again when I was in college because it was just like, again, the epic bad movies you have to see. Yes. And of course, people were kind of spinning it as it's actually kind of funny and it's actually kind of good bad. And who are it these is not, people who hurt you? Yeah, they need to be. They need to be. Or are these uh, the people that are like, I'm going to join an improv <laughs> troupe because I'm yes. so quirky. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. The same, same kind of, uh, God. Life has not been kind to them already. Let's no, just no. It's sad to um, know because they're also probably happier in, in life than I will ever be. But yes. God yeah. damn yet, it. Yet another, right? imagine. yet another reason we need to issue a fatwa on theater kids. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it, yes. Inshallah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just, uh, it, it's so funny because I went back and I, I did some digging after watching again and it was on this is from the Washington Post in 1999 by Richard Leiby, mm. who is a staff writer that was basically his whole article is like, this is a stealth Scientology film. There's there's no what? way around it. It's and just by, uh, based on a book by L. Ron Hubbard. Come on. Right. Right. What? And it's funny because the whole media press circuit at the time was just Travolta insisting it wasn't. Everybody's saying it has nothing to do with Scientology. It's just a great science fiction story. I think that's the thing that pisses me off now is is just how utterly transparent it is about its message and its intent and it's so on the nose like you guys said already this the slang they invented the skull bone thing it just fucking pisses me off everything about this movie fucking pisses me off but that's so, just our I, opinion as man animals yeah. you see. yes so, as man animals, animals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah John Travolta's character Turl the daughter fucker in chief who's literally on the planet because he screwed the senator's daughter yeah he, and that's he's why not he's, smart by the way like no. he's, he's, he's a failed shit. son he's a he's failed fail son. son like he's like my yeah. family conquered galaxies and I am stuck on this remote post yeah which you're just bad at yeah. by the way dude. he, he, he like, gets outsmarted by his like half-wit um protege it's just so frustrating I, I mean it's it's hard for me to sum up to to make it short because i'm already going all over the place to make it short i cannot sum up how much this film frustrates me <laughs> and i can't sum up how much its legacy frustrates me in equal measure because it has a legacy and that's the thing that is like the most head fuck about all of this <laughs> Is yes. that it does. Because, you know, like, if I had to be objective about this movie, for me at least, I wouldn't call this, like, the worst film ever made, but I think it's probably the worst executed film I've ever seen. In the sense of, like, what the raw material was of, yeah, it's got kind of pulpy sci-fi book by a guy who was very trope-filled and is kind of a, a loony bin type person, but has his own fan base, has his own kind of aesthetic and shtick, but to incorporate Dutch angles, colored lenses, blatant, you know, Star Wars style, star wipes, the fucking all wipes. Of that. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but just like how easy no, would mean, it to be et- to, to to edit those to happen just a second after the scene ends? Like it, they did it every fucking time. There was no it was or to incorporate yeah. it. Like, yeah. like for example, if you were to be doing a, a star wipe from left to right and then you're watching a character into a room also from left to right at the same time that would work it does not work when you're doing star wipe left to right it shows what the scene is for half a second then people enter the room (laughs) it's just what what is this dinner theater approach (laughs) that's taking place uh it's just an awful script awful acting uh just ugly designs across the board that make this movie I, i mean it's a it's 
it's so disappointing too. Uh, and I want to get into some behind the scenes before we go into the actual recap of it. But as we all kind of mentioned, and people should be aware, Battlefield Earth was originally published in 1982. It's a sci-fi book by L. Ron Hubbard. Um, and the Church of Scientology originally wanted to make like a campy micro-budget version of this film that they wanted to keep everything in-house. And then L. Ron Hubbard died. And then John Travolta, who had been basically with the church since about 1975 or so. And he's coming off the heels of Pulp Fiction. And he says, like, I want to now take control of this movie. I want to make this something a little bit more like Star Wars and New Hope. And in fact, the director of this movie is the person who was the art director for Star Wars and New Hope and for Alien. What, the person has won an Academy Award for art design. Uh. And, uh, well, I mean, we're going to get into the how in just a little bit. So don't, don't worry, y'all. <laughs> um, but uh, th this director was actually recommended to John Travolta by George Lucas. Like, this was, you know, on paper, art design guy who did New Hope and Alien is recommended by George Lucas to be the director. Sure, why not, right? right. John Travolta... It kind of makes sense. However, as the script got passed around, it eventually landed in Tom Cruise's lap, who read it and then was begging John Travolta to not make the film. And then John Travolta basically uh, won a power struggle with Tom Cruise using Scientology, meaning I genuinely <laughs> think that this is the nexus point that made Tom Cruise go full bore into Scientology so he will never lose a power struggle with anyone ever again. Like, I think that this is what led for him to have a desire to now be, like, the number three person in the entire church. Top ten anime battles. I had no idea that 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 occurred yeah it's it's wild for me to think about but eventually though this movie did get uh, uh made of course but it was primarily through a studio called franchise pictures which their whole uh business model was find scripts that were kind of put on the back burner but were the pet projects of a-list hollywood celebrities and then offer to make a full set of movies and I say set because then they would package these movies together and then sell them to larger distributors. Mm. And, but And basically say like, hey, if you want the next like Wesley Snipes movie and Bruce Willis movie, you also have to you know distribute this John Travolta movie as well. <laughs> and so that, that's kind of how it worked. This movie uh, only made like 30 something million at the box office. It bombed so hard, y'all that it made the FBI <laughs> decide to poke into the business affairs of franchise pictures. And that's where they uncovered a massive fraud ring where st the studio would inflate the film's budget Amazing. to an investors. So basically like with Battlefield Earth, the listed budget was 75 million, but uh, the actual cost was only 44 million. And so they would raise 75 million and then they would pocket that 31 just for themselves before then they actually would release the movie. And uh, they would only. And out of that 44 to something like 21 million went to the top build cast. Correct. Too. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, Barry Pepper, who is the lead actor, as well as the cinematographer, talked about how basically it was John Travolta who had full creative control on set. He had his own personal chef out there for him while cast and crew were left with their own craft services. 
that were shitty. I mean, it, it was it was just a real bad time for everyone involved who wasn't John Travolta specifically. And so um, it was a grift, is yeah, my respect point. Respect to grift. And so yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Is that this is a grift film? I, I, you know, I mean, in every like, way. The whole thing was we made thirty-one million dollars regardless of how this movie pans out. <laughs> okay, because we've scammed people. All we have to do is to not make any waves is make sure John Travolta stays happy. Because the only way this comes yeah. back on us is if the movie doesn't, in fact, get made. Or if it stalls out, then we have to then pay more. And that's less money that we can have scammed from people, basically. And so, uh, yeah, that is that is the whole franchise pictures ordeal. I have uh, looked up them. I've looked up the movie studio. I've read interviews with the screenwriter, as well as a couple of things with a cinematographer. And... Pretty much everyone is on the assumption that if this film had had the projected $100 million budget, which is what it was going to have at Fox, um, but it wouldn't have given John Travolta full creative control, that it would have been a better film. But then because John Travolta basically said he wanted to call all the shots and do everything on set, that that's kind of what tanked this whole movie. It rules how, like, John Travolta's character in this is basically running a similar scam, like, throughout yes, it, and just yes. laughing his head off through the whole movie. <laughs> like, and that's where I have to think that that probably has to be, like, a lot of bizarre feelings on set. Like, So, wait a minute, wait a minute. L. Ron Hubbard, Grifter Supreme. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. Franchise Pictures, Grifters. That's, uh-huh. John Travolta. Acolyte grifter. That's grifter right. Grifter in training. Yeah, he he was trying to grift on this because he saw this as like the next big Star Wars, and the, legitimately in the sense that he would take a on paper pay cut of his not usual twenty million dollar fee. Instead, it was like fifteen million. But uh, yeah, I know. Just oh, how so, generous. So so real hardship there. But he basically had full control of merchandising and syndication and everything else. Oof. And so um, yeah, so he basically earned all of post on it. And for for people who are unfamiliar with that in the business, that is where a lot of movies, especially like pre nine eleven, would make a lot of their budgets back and a lot of like the the actual profit will come in the home video sale market so to basically have it worked out that then this one guy is so dominant on it is ridiculous i I found this hilarious quote from from travolta um so basically i I think it's this movie is only adapts the first half of l ron hubbard's book so there would there in, in in his in his uh you know dream scenario this this was a success financial success and it would get a sequel but obviously that wasn't going to happen um so from just the the i'm, I'm just uh reading a, a quote from wikipedia here so he was um travolta was initially like committed to a sequel but then um when when asked about whether that was going to happen uh you know after it flopped um he, he stated that a sequel was not planned quote ultimately the movie did a hundred million dollars when you count box office dvd sales video and pay-per-view but i don't know what kind of number yeah. it would have to do to justify filming the second part of the book and i don't want to push any buttons in the press and stir anybody up about it right now <laughs> yeah uh, yeah john travolta um because because that's the that's the basic thing is that if it made a, about a hundred million let's assume that that's correct 
here. Okay, uh, the box office point it made. I think it was twenty eight million. So that's I don't know, roughly about sixty million dollars in gross. So let's take out even two thirds of that. That's another twenty million that goes right back into the pockets of old Johnny T. So you know, <laughs> so he can buy more uh, piss drinks at the Alien Bar. That's that's what he wants. Oh, sweet, delicious piss drinks. Do the worst drunk acting I've ever seen in yeah. my life. I mean, this man has never been drunk in his entire life. No. Not even close. And, you know, based on now what we actually know about John Travolta, some of the skeevy things that he's done there, I don't think he's been drunk. I think he fakes being drunk around people so then he can uh, maybe try and pull some things on some male masseuses. So, you know. Yeah, everyone knows that when so. you get drunk, you just start, like, just just. Spilling, just spilling your drink everywhere, just like the the liquid is just leaking out of the corner of your mouth. You're like you're just, you just yeah. turn into a real wet boy. <laughs> it's it's uh, such a tell, such a tell on John Travolta. But um, let, let's dive into the plot here, because God, uh, this thing is going to be. Uh, Quite a, a feature here. So um, in the year 3000, Earth has been ruled for a thousand years by the Cyclos, who are a brutal race of giant humanoid aliens. In the book, they're supposed to be about nine feet, two inches. Did that come across whatsoever to you? <laughs> no. no, no, not even in the fucking slightest, because you can tell that everybody's wearing either massive stilts or props of some kind. Mm-hmm. And they're purposefully either lowering the scene or raising the camera so everyone will look taller than what they are and having like other actors go to their knees or things like that in certain scenes. And it, it looks like dog shit. It, it, <laughs> it looks like complete and total dog shit in every way, shape and form. Yeah. The Just only way he's like nine feet tall is if the giant forehead prosthetics were an yeah. extra three and a half were, feet. Were there, so. what, what was the design? This is another thing that pissed me off about this movie is what was the design philosophy the, the Star Trek Klingon the prop that- department was having a fire sale. So <laughs> let's, Evidently. Let's because they're it. just like, wouldn't it be cool if they were cone heads, but they were also <laughs> Had like hair. Klingons? Yeah. And also and Forrest Whitaker is black, but he's going to have white hair. <laughs> the exact same as John Travolta, <laughs> except his actual facial hair, which is clearly different than the other hair. But then, it's like, fine. You could still John. You could still tell John Travolta's a manlet because he's still shorter than everybody, even while wearing like the stilts oh and everything. Oh my god! And also the main character really Cyclos uh, don't have nearly the same amount of facial prosthetics yeah. that the regular Cyclos do. Yeah, uh, and they have hairy hands. Yeah. And oh, there other things. Did you notice? Changes? Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it switches from five to six fingers from shot to shot within a scene. You want to know why? Because the prop department couldn't decide if five or six was better, and then they didn't care to take it out or to focus on shot continuity. Solid. Like solid. This was so many people just realizing what a shit show it was. But they had already signed a contract, and so they were like, let's just get this done. Let's. I also like how their outfits are like couture trash bags. Mm-hmm. And um, they all have like they all have these weird sort of cod pieces that they wear. No, they as were all well. just packing. That's what it was. Oh. Yeah. It's just I take it back. It's just Never like mind. a giant, like 14 inch dick, just wrapped fireman hose style 
uh, around yeah. their waist. You actually have to reel it up and everything yeah. and tie it around the waist. And yeah, oh, yeah, they were. Okay. <laughs> all right, well, never mind then. I take they were, that. Back. They were all shopping at a Mugatu's uh, uh, derelict uh, clothing collection. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck. Yeah, I mean and so this is this is the force that was able to wipe out humanity in 9 minutes. Let's not forget because that's what we're told later on is that these cyclos they were able to defeat the entire world in 9 minutes, which I don't believe. How? Yeah. They don't they could even said oh they dropped bioweapons. I'm back. Oh, okay. Or they dropped nuclear bombs if on everyone. Ever okay. there was going to be and I'm going to invoke this now. The Zack Snyder version of the alien force <laughs> was trying to terraform the Earth to make it a new home planet. This would be a plot where it could work, and I it would make it right. slightly more believable. And right. that you know that's why humans were in these small little designated areas. It's like where the terraforming hadn't quite happened yet. But no, it's whatever. Instead, all of the cyclos are inside one giant dome that's just outside of Denver, Colorado, which fucking sure, man. Yeah, that's how this works because um, uh, everyone in, in the human race is, again, back to the Stone Age, but we still remember how to like uh, use saddles on horses we use slang like this is a piece of cake, <laughs> even though I don't know that they probably have ever had cake in the thousand. Or know what years. cake is? Yeah, exactly. The whole just the the, the whole aesthetics of the post apocalyptic um, like human settlements. It was from immediately from the opening shots and the vibe that it was going for. It was like you you literally just like watched Planet of the Apes and are ripping yes. like you literally <laughs> Planet of the Apes meets Last of the Mohicans like literally like that's yeah. what the set design was like literally yeah. using the, ter- the the term forbidden zone and they're riding on horses and it's like you know everything's everything's desert and the like it was uh, it's just a fucking mishmash of every fucking most obvious sci-fi post-apocalyptic trope you could imagine just ridiculous and you would think that if you have the art director who did Alien and who did Star Wars New Hope, it was basing it off of something that was, even at its worst, an incredibly vibrant world that exists within the book. You would think that those three factors could make something unique, or at least something that hadn't been seen before. You would think, but this little excerpt I would like to read is from Vice's kind of debrief on this film. Oh, please. This is a little excerpt I would like to read that I think should shed some light going forward as to everything you could possibly need to know as to why things turned out the way they did. And I quote, Christian Tessier, who played a character called Mickey, says, I remember us trying our best to make something out of something that was probably going to fail. I think it was a combination of too many worlds mixed into one. The language never was consistent. Stevens is less diplomatic. If it was a shit concept with a shit book and a shit script that should have never been made. Yeah. But here's where things get really good. Flynn Eagle worked as a stunt performer on the film. I thought it was going to rock the world, he says. (laughs) He claims his delivery so impressed Christian that the director kept giving him more speaking parts. He also tells me about a moment when, while wearing stilts, he picked up a small makeup artist in an alleyway by his head, holding him above him and laughing a, quote, hideous laugh. (laughs) Unbeknownst to him, Christian was behind him. Eagle turned to him, and Tim Curry's iconic line from 1985's Legend said, Every wolf must suffer fleas, tis easy enough to scratch. Scratch Christian's face with his cyclocause and cackled again. 
According to Eagle, Christian said, oh my god, I think I just came in my pants. <laughs> Christian did not respond to my email asking if this happened. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, okay, so, so Robert Christian is just an insane person. I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Just, so George wow. Lucas was like, no, set. please take this man as far away from me <laughs> as humanly possible. I'm shooting everything on green screen to make sure I don't run into Christian on the street anywhere because he keeps on violating the fucking restraining order. He's like, you know what? No he took, all, he took all the wrong lessons from Alien. He did. He's like, I need to become the alien. That's what I need to do. Holy fuck. Rocks. It's inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's just the the main character. His name is Johnny Tyler, Johnny Goodboy Tyler. <laughs> oh my, sorry, yes. Um, we don't what find out name. his name until the forty five minute mark. It's fine. It's whatever. He he's part of his tribe. The tribe is all dying, and so he decides, "Fuck this! I'm getting out of here." Uh, so he, then he meets like a, a couple of other random people, and they hang out in an abandoned mall or something. I don't. I don't really remember necessarily or care, but they all get captured by uh, a silo, cyclo, silo, uh, cyclo. There we go. Cyclo. Yeah. Yeah. And so then they're taken to the giant dome that exists outside of uh, Denver. And um, one scene that I actually did kind of enjoy was that when they all get captured and they're all kind of thrown into the giant prison, uh, he is kind of shown up by the the prison boss that exists there. He's like, I'm going to tell you how things run. Like, I eat, then my men eat, then if there's anything left, everyone else eats, right? Uh, and then Johnny beats him up and then says, like, we're all going to eat this, an equal amount, equal distribution of food. I was like, wow, that's mm -hmm. a good character scene. That scene doesn't exist in the book. <laughs> that scene wasn't in the script. That scene wasn't an idea by Barry Pepper and the people that were there shooting the scene that day of what to do. Wow. Because originally he was just going to basically drown the prison boss in the food <laughs> and then they were going to star wipe. And that was going to be it. <laughs> Uh, can I just say that I think the location at Denver uh, is is no coincidence. I think this is John Travolta trying to um, uh, say that the Denver the, the Denver airport conspiracy uh, is actually true. Yes. Oh so, shit! Uh, yeah, I think we need to I think we need to go a little deeper. There's some uh, you know there's some real uh, some real uh, hidden knowledge uh, in in the in the locations and and, and setting of this. Do you think we that need that's to start like a, a side we need to start a Denver drop? Um, yeah. Like, yeah, that, that's what we should do. We should have like a Patreon series where it's like, well, we're now only going to be covering movies set in Denver uh, and seeing how this relates to the Denver airport conspiracy theory. Yeah, uh, they're, they're riding build our world from there. They're riding around on horses. Yeah, they're like, you know, mm -hmm. there's that demonic See? horse statue. See? Yeah, it, it, it all fits. Oh, yeah. And then, then the mural that's there, right? Isn't there the mural where it's like the gas masks? Because it's uh, been like the end of the world or poisoned or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. This is what Bam happens when you let in this Lynch movie design an airport, basically, is what <laughs> yeah. happens. Um, I thought it would look swell. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts me every time I, I hear a David Lynch interview because he never sounds like how I envision the man who comes up he, with these surrealistic He doesn't look like how he sounds either. No. Like when he, he you see him and you think he's going to sound very like, like David Cronenberg, like really quiet, soft spoken, mm -hmm. 
And then you're just like, what the hell? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is like just a guy who, yeah. oh, okay. All right. This is like someone's kind of kooky uncle who is visiting from Iowa is what it feels yeah. like most of the yeah. time. Um, anyway, okay. We're now finally introduced, though, to uh, John Travolta's character, the who was like the A-list build actor uh, in this, because it was John Travolta, then Forrest Whitaker, then Barry Pepper. So we finally see him, and he's the psycho security chief on Earth, who, uh, as we mentioned, is just really full of himself and i understand he that is supposed to be that as a villain but um he's also incredibly inept at his job which i don't think very bad uh we're supposed to super duper think uh mm -hmm. entirely like i think we're supposed to think like oh it's he's inept because he's overestimating or underestimating the humans but in reality no he's he's just incredibly bad at doing whatever he's doing and he's so, a fucking um, idiot. Like when they when they get the gold <laughs> bars, I know I'm jumping ahead, but they get the gold bars out of Fort Knox in, in place for the gold that they were supposed to be mining. He asks, like, why is it in bars? And they're just like, oh yeah, we we smelted it down and, and made it perfect. Because and he's just like, okay, sure. Like that that yeah. that, that checks out. <laughs> I'm not gonna look further. We're into able this. to defeat the entire world in nine minutes, but no, we never wondered where an advanced civilization might keep its valuables and gold, for example. <laughs> they're, the, they're the stupidest <laughs> fucking... That's the thing, is you cannot sell this alien species as being competent in any capacity. Not even just not even just Turl, or John Javolt's character named Turl. It's, it's literally the entirety of them. When they're like... They're, when they escape for the first time, and he's like, well, wait for them to find their favorite food. <laughs> and then they go to eat rats, because that's all there is, is rats. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, they love rats. Oh, They yeah. love rats, you see? They could have eaten anything, but they love rats. And it's just like, no, what? How? It's been thousands of years since you conquered that. What the? F how could you not have figured this out? Yeah, it, it's just and, so fucking and he, bad. Just bad. to go on the the fail son thing, he keeps referencing the fact that he was at the top of his academy class. Like it isn't explained what this academy. I think he was homeschooled. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I really think it was. evidently. Yeah, yeah the, what, what was happening? The only here. one in the school. <laughs> yeah, and the reason he's on Earth uh, is as a punishment because he had an affair with the senator's daughter and you're like whoa i looked it up also doesn't happen in the book meaning this was a john travolta note <laughs> yeah. to make sure that people knew his character fucked uh it's what a gorgeous bit of hubris in this hey, fucking movie geez, everybody's gotta know i screw okay I'm not, I'm not a sexless freak all right <laughs> Uh, it's called acting to pretend you're not a sexless yeah. freak, John Travolta. It's like, um, uh, John, you could just act that, dude. You don't need to say it out loud. I don't know about that. <laughs> just, I, I, I want to invent a, a drinking oh, game for this movie where you where you take a shot uh, every time Travolta says "man animal." Uh, rat mm. brain. He laughs. Yep. He references his academy class. Like it, I, we're we're playing with fire here because someone could someone could easily uh, you know do drink a little too if much. If you just but, did laughing yeah. every time someone laughs, <laughs> yeah, you die. It's, it's no it's, no it's one over. can survive. <laughs> it's a real problem. My one like because every time I watch a movie that's bad, I try and think, well, what would be like an easy kind of fix that would help it in a structural way. And I think one thing would have been, because in the book, the uh, Cyclops were supposed to be 
basically in charge of the entire universe for like the past hundred thousand years. And Earth was just like the last place that got conquered before the Cyclops fully took over, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think an updated version of that might be you have the Cyclops maybe eighty thousand years ago where they were like at the top of their game. But then since then, you've just had people who have become more and more reliant on technology and less and less actually um, good in the real world or in applicable things and becoming almost subservient right. to the technology on a long enough timeline of where it's you could have people like Turl and other Cyclops of where they're utilizing programs they know because the, the button they press does it, not because they know what it actually does. They don't know the right. inner mechanics of it. And so then when you're faced with something that where it's such advanced technology that it might as well be magic that not even the users know how it works versus Stone Age cavemen who are rapidly trying to level up and learn and have their own unique skill sets being put onto this battlefield earth, so to speak, would make it a uh, much more level playing field between the two that's forces. A, um, that's an interesting way of putting it. it. It is, if you guys are, I don't know, I don't want to get on a tangent, but it is like very similar show? to like Warhammer. <laughs> I know. It, that, that aspect is very similar to like Warhammer 40k, though. I'm not saying they I didn't have inspirations of where I was drawing I, it from. No, but, no, I'm just yeah. saying, I'm just saying it is an interesting thing, though, because it's very rarely applied because we don't, we always think about everything existing like on a continuum in terms of science fiction stuff, where it's just like, yeah, everybody would know how this stuff works. Instead of thinking about it, it's just like, well, even if they have like some way of instantly communicating across galaxies, for instance, mm-hmm. or, you know, hundreds of thousands of galaxies. Uh, how long it could take to receive that information, how many people could possibly specialize in how to repair something, um, how much of this would be done just with AI and robots. Exactly. Too. Like, why, why would they even bother coming to the planet in the first place? Um, it's very small-minded, and I think that's evidently when you're adapting a very pulpy, kind of thoughtless work of science fiction, it's pretty hard to do to make it to pretty hard to do anything to make it memorable or interesting. Like I, I think for one, if I were to just give my two cents about like what would be done structurally is like make it visually interesting and not the Dutch <laughs> angle comic book bullshit. Oh my God. By the way, Jesus. the cinematographer for this movie, in case you're wondering, is also the cinematographer that got nominated for an Academy award for hell or high water in 2016. So, wow! Yeah, yeah. Huh. Okay, so, that was a, that was a, that was a decent uh, movie. Uh, I know. Yeah. Rebounded. It's all. It's amazing what happens. Like when you're not part of an obvious scam of a yeah. production. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> when you're, but it, I just I think it just like it doesn't like it's funny when there was like it's going to be the next Star Wars. It's going to be the next Star Wars, and it's just like you know the thing that worked about Star Wars is is like they had these iconic things already, like a fucking lightsaber, mm-hmm. like take one element of that film that's very microscopic and it became an icon for many reasons just like you could do anything to even come close to replicating that even if the aliens the cyclos looked interesting enough you could you could rest on it yeah. and be like ah oh, you see and like they're interesting visually instead of derivative yeah. that's that's the other thing is that you know like star wars is a lot of things for example i'm no fan of dexter jetster but the dude looks original as he sits in his 1950s diner and sits down and talks with Obi-Wan, you know? Sure, yeah, right. fucking yeah. great. Yeah, instead of this, um, you just get, like, 
the very the, the weapons they have they're these very basic blasters with terrible effects <laughs> awful dog oh shit. my god <laughs> they're they're air guns <laughs> yeah. is what they are uh, it it looks like basically if you guys have ever fired a uh, potato cannon without a potato in it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what it is. And so yes. I think that's it was just an air duster. And when they pulled the trigger, like the the compressed air came out, and that's you know they were able to add like a slight warp effect to it to make it seem like whoa. Oh, I can't believe it. It, it hit him. And, and just like how yeah. this is supposed to fit into the sort of Scientology mythos, is this supposed to be like the the um, the alien race that's supposed to be like what humans came from? Because isn't that like the no, sort of th- whole this, premise this of Scientology? This is separate. Yeah. This is separate from the Scientology lore, if we want to call okay. it Scientology. Okay, so it's a book by Ron Hubbard, but it's not in the main like mythology of that cult. Correct. No, yeah. like... Right, like it wouldn't, you of, wouldn't find aspects of it in like Dianetics yeah. or something like that. Yes. It doesn't it doesn't exist in that capacity. Yeah, a lot a lot of similar themes though, um, kind of have, have circled back into it. It's kind of you know, like this was Elron Hubbard's version of making a more palatable version of what Scientology is. Like, hey, if you like yeah. Battlefield Earth. You might really want to check out this other thing. You know, it's. Uh, uh, Do you not like the idea that uh, psychologists and psychotherapists control your mind? Yeah. Well, the cyclos do that too. You might not like them either. Oh, but you know, but they're not called cyclos, right? Because that's a little too on the nose. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. They're called cyclos because they're all scamming you the entire time. Uh, yeah. But not me. I'm not. No, I'm not no, scared. That's not. But also, I need you to tell me every little bad thing you ever did, and I'm going to blackmail you uh, into uh, listening to me and giving me money to make sure that, that I don't share that information with anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, every, again, everyone who worked on this film kind of knew what was going on. They're like, well, this is a John Travolta power trip. We all hate this. Uh, this is miserable. Why, dear God, do we have to be a part of this movie? John Travolta has gone on record to say that Battlefield Earth is the Schindler's <laughs> List of science film films. Beautiful. That's, so, that's incredible. It even had the black and white scene and everything. Uh, <laughs> who could ever forget the cyclo and the little red dress? If you think about saying that nowadays, right? Like, what would happen to you if you were just like Michael Bay comes on and he's like, uh, Transformers, uh, Gilgamesh is the Schindler's list of Transformers yes. movies. Yes. And like, you'd be like, whoa, 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 this is, oh, hold on. It's just John Travolta just casually dropping this and being like, yeah, it's the Schindler's list of science fiction. Films. That rocks. I mean, like, objectively speaking, though, it is not. Like, that's the even more upsetting right. thing. Yeah. It's like, you cannot be like, what if Star Wars meets Schindler's List meets sci-fi? Whoa. Uh, no, it, it doesn't happen. Uh, there is a genocide that happens at the end, but uh, I think we're supposed to be rooting for that to be taking place. So Yeah, yeah, it's a reversal. Of, maybe that's what He-Man... Uh, yeah, I think of this way, as a Jewish a power look. fantasy. <laughs> yeah. No matter what you're doing here, buddy, it's not. Uh, what? Work. No, you're not so. going to use that quote. Oh, fine, just use the Schindler's List one instead. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, the Cyclos 
uh, find out that there's this this vein of gold that exists that isn't on any maps anywhere. However, it is in a part of the uh, world just out on the outskirts where there's a heavy amount of radiation that the radiation makes the special gas that they breathe light on fire. And so they need to employ humans to go ahead and uh, mine this gold for them so that then they can decide to say, hey, guess what? We mined all this gold on our own. Don't we deserve bonuses? I mean, that's, that's their plan, basically. Um, and so they take this Johnny guy who is supposed to be a caveman up until this point, basically. And then they, they shoot him with this rapid learning machine that I guess might as well also be called a character development beam because that's that's what happens is that like in about a minute he you know his eyes cross and he's like whoa as he gets yeah, shot yeah. in the head with something and then he looks like he's getting uh, looks like he's getting a blumpkin basically and he's just <laughs> and he's transcending all, all of space and time yeah, it's just, and then he's that's, smart that's just what happens like, talk- when you get your thetans purged. You know, like, and he becomes like the yeah, most insufferable yeah. college freshman in the world after that. He's like, well, actually, uh, based on Euclidean geometry, the, the thing that we can focus on here uh, right, is right. by measuring the three angles. Uh, I was with the caveman on that. I was like, but how is that specifically going to help us? I also think, too, that going back to like the world of this movie and its setting, I think this is the only time we even see any other like species that these silos have even come into contact with or conquered. Like there's like a, a 3d image of an alien or something. That's just like, yeah, I'm, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm, uh, I'm apologizing for everything. Oh no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me. Like that's, the, <laughs> that's, that's it. I'm like, what is that? What, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> it's right kind now? of weird <laughs> that an entire subservient species would be around, and yet there would also be a cyclo bartender. We don't need to explain <laughs> that element of the world building or serve as a custodial staff of some kind. No, no, right. no, no, no. Uh, just no need to focus on that, guys. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it really doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, the, the whole world, it's it's fine, but yeah, so. Johnny, he learns everything, uh, and he's like, I I know everything. I am Dr. Manhattan, essentially, is kind of uh, his attitude. Because he's like, we can lead the revolution. I was taken to the Library of Congress, and I looked and I read the Declaration of Independence. And I was like, yes, that is accurate. I read the Constitution, and I was like, yes, everything in this, including the three-fifths compromise, makes sense to me in this time. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm built different. Yes. Uh, you're stealing the Declaration of Independence. I'm reading it. We are not the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's handing out pocket declarations yeah. of independence to everyone. Oh, my God. He He's becomes like, a libertarian this. is what is, yeah. uh, is happening. Like, you, know. you ever hear this <laughs> You ever heard of a little thing called the Constitution? Uh, I think you should. Oh, my God. A missionary before the Constitution is what he turns into. (laughs) I'm going to tell you about a little something by someone named John Hancock. What? No, it wasn't by John. It's his name was the biggest. Okay. So clearly he's the one who wrote it. Well, it it did inspire him to commit a genocide. So that checks out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Good on him. And change age of consent laws. Yeah, he so bumped he really, it up to he, 13. That's the difference yeah. here. So <laughs> He's a real progressive. 
Oh God. So um he is told to uh basically help train a bunch of these other humans which it doesn't make sense why he would need to train the other humans when they could just zap them with the learning beam as well to make them learn. But, you know, fine, I guess. He has to teach these other humans how to fly around in the space shuttles. Uh, yeah, using Microsoft Flight Sim 8 edition. <laughs> oh, God. It's, I, I, I thought Crazy Frog was about to appear in the middle of the <laughs> flight simulator. Uh, it, it was, it was some pretty, pretty gnarly shit there that was going on. Um, so he's told to mine the gold grift, as you mentioned earlier, they instead are able to break into Fort Knox cause it's just left open, you know, real casual, like meaning why the fuck didn't the surviving humans just decide to live in Fort Knox? The, the vault like, was just open. They just walked right in. Yeah. Just yeah. live in the yeah. vault. Come on. I understand. Oh, but there's radiation. I mean, yeah, I guess. I will not live maybe. in the vault. I will not eat the rats. <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's a t-shirt for Battlefielder <laughs> if I've ever seen one. Oh, God. Oh, uh, it's uh, Johnny Tyler in one of like the six ridiculous wigs that he has on throughout the film uh, That of what's going on there. Um, so... Yeah, he he talks about how he's now going to try and lead the revolution. Um, and so he's going to try to to free humanity from the Cyclops using the t two weeks that they were given to mine. And so it, it's great. He's a full-blown special boy, basically from this point in the movie on. Like, he is undefeatable the entire time. Yep. He faces no obstacles, really, along the way. No adversity. Yeah. No, no one to foil his plans. Yeah. He's the he's, he's the Quizak Hadarak. Like he, yeah. I mean, his his <laughs> name is already like unoriginal enough to be like a Frank Herbert creation, and they even have those those nose breather things from Dune. So it's like, oh my the, god, yeah, yeah. the rebreathers, uh, yeah, yeah. It's so stupid because I mean, like they eat, they then discover an underground abandoned U.S. military base <laughs> with working aircraft, weapons, <laughs> nuclear weapons, all all that fun stuff that work after, after a, thousand a thousand years. years and of course, in case anyone's wondering, jet fuel, which does not melt steel beams, <laughs> um, it uh, has a shelf life of only about four years. So, real. Real interesting to see how that goes. Maybe they made their own. Maybe he got the recipe for jet fuel from the learning machine. It was just like, I could just make it. That's right. You know, they don't know what our favorite food is, but they do know how to make jet fuel. It's a, it's a weird yeah. order of priorities of what they got going on. I mean, when you, in, in when you know, you know the molecular composition of water, it's only a, a short skip and a jump to Jesus synthesizing Christ. your own jet oh, fuel. God. <laughs> he, he's like, by the way, also, we should all get tattoos of the molecule for water because our bodies are 85% it, you know? Uh, isn't that a crazy stat? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm so ironic and quirky. I'm putting uh, mostly water as my Twitter bio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you guys ever ever seen the Big Bang Theory? Uh, it's kind of funny. <laughs> oh God! After this movie, they just take Johnny out and beat him to death with a club. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, listen, we appreciate everything, but we also have to know this is how it's going to end. Okay, I'm so, yeah. uh, I'm so sorry. Um, so yeah, they they then use the flight simulators to train themselves in aerial combat as a full plot point. Uh, in the Wikipedia summary, um, 
which I just wanted to point out to everyone because it sounds stupid. The cavemen <laughs> then use the abandoned underground U.S. military bases flight simulators to train themselves in aerial combat. <laughs> And it works, because sure, fuck it, why not? Like, how, how were the cyclos able to beat all of human defenses in nine minutes, yet like their ships on Earth are just can get taken down very easily by like Harrier jets? It does. My theory is that like actually humanity, we're like, we now live on the ocean floor. But the cyclos, <laughs> all the assholes, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, uh, all is... the ones who were like, "No, we need to return to tradition. You will not make me live in the sea." It's an anthem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, "Oh yeah, no, we <laughs> left all those guys on the surface." Yeah, oh, the return to monkey guys. Yeah, we left them, dude. They're still up above. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah. They did what? <laughs> they blew up the cyclos. <laughs> I mean, good on them, but they know that's only gonna end bad. Right, like they have other armadas all throughout the galaxy. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure this is a good move. Um, so yeah, uh, special boy. I, I mean, it really kind of gets murky here, uh, a little bit because Turl and the special boy they have several confrontations with each other about, like, oh, you man animals aren't smart, and then it's like, actually, they are smart, haha, <laughs> and so, um. They, uh, the uprising begins, I guess. Let, let, might as well jump forward into that. <laughs> the, what do we think? This is really the first bit of action in the whole entire movie, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. So it's the first first time anything's actually happened. The most so. action, uh, to, not to do a Star Wars reference here, but the most action prior to that was probably like the bar cantina scene in episode four where Obi-Wan <laughs> cuts a guy's arm off. Like that same amount of action had occurred in the previous hour and a half of movie. Uh, in, in Battlefield Earth, it was real gnarly, at least in my opinion. You want to so. buy some death sticks? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, what did we think about the human revolution here that took place? Um, it was they they fucked up some windows. I, I'll say that. Yeah, <laughs> like... yeah, they did. Don't you they hate did. it when these protesters um, just keep on breaking windows for no apparent reason? It's so bad. Yeah. Why can't they simply respect the structures that take place in there? Yeah, they destroy, they destroy the dome just because they think it's funny. You know, um, <laughs> it's I don't, I don't know. I just it's it, even when they're they're going for broke on like the action sequence because like that's clearly where they put no, a lot. They of already were the broke. That's the, that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, they were broke. Yeah, yeah so. they're, they're going for broke, but they already were broke. So now they're like in the negative. As John Travolta <laughs> has his personal chef feeding him, and he's like, "Ah, oh, man." We all have to cut corners. I'm yeah, using American corners, cheese guys. instead of. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not eating a charcuterie board for lunch every day anymore. Yeah. It's only every other yes, day. It's, um, it's just it, it's it doesn't do anything. It's it's poorly shot. It's poorly edited. The special effects and VFX, even for the time, the green are screen awful. was like miserable. The, compo- the composite shots are nightmarishly bad and. Speaking of the green screen, that that not really a spoiler, but I mean that last shot with Turl is a green screen on a green screen composite shot. Yeah, and it looks so <laughs> bad. It's it's like sci-fi feature films levels of bad, and most of those actually look better than this. So that's really being unfair to them. Yeah, it looked like it's, that Key and Peele sketch, you know, um, 
where they're uh, filming a music video and then like it shows the cost of the music video and how much is remaining in it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. It yes. looked like that's what was happening with the last like six minutes. And they're like, oh shit, we're running out of money. Oh God, oh God, oh God, okay. The- Let's just use this previously already rendered blank space slap him in there right sure the the, the effects right. on right. the alien ships are some of the worst i've ever seen like this was like this, this was like tv movie from like the 90s level of effects if if even like the flying yeah. trash cans <laughs> just well i mean and it feels weird because they can't do i don't know i mean maybe I, i've always been hard on the star wars special effects but like that came out a year after and i would assume that spaceships aren't that difficult to render at this point no they wouldn't they weren't they they weren't it's just that like i said nothing has any momentum either everything's just composited shots and the vfx is done like isolation so it looks it looks really bad because it occupies no actual meaningful space on the film kind of like when people use it like really trash talk cg because it's not being like used in conjunction with practical effects or it's not being used properly. This is the best dep- depiction of that where the, this is what they're actually trying to say. This is when CG looks at its worst mm-hmm. because it, it has no physical weight to it. It has no physical space to it. It just looks really bad. And that, and the aesthetics are terrible. Like I said, the, the alien ships look like flying <laughs> trash cans. There's nothing that makes you go, Oh, that's really cool. I bet a kid want a toy of that. It just, Oh my like God. I can't imagine any child ever going like, I want a Psylocke toy. That yeah, right. Just no, that that true in that sense it does make it the Schindler's list of science fiction yeah. films. Because I don't think any <laughs> child also went like, Oh, cool, I want the fighting Schindler uh, <laughs> action toy. Watch him trade his record receipts. player for one child. I mean, we we we, we the- mentioned Zack Snyder earlier and, and and I don't think we've brought up yet just how gratuitous the slow-mo shots are in yes. the action. It's Oof. if you're gonna use gratuitous slow mo, at least make it like stylized and used to augment the action in terms yeah. of speeding up and slowing down. But this, this, the this, hose this scene. is just like Jesus. like guys running through, crashing through windows for like a minute long, and everything is just slow the whole time. It's it's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it's recycled shots in some cases too, like recycled slow mo, but from another camera angle. No, thank you. Please, please stop. Mm, I don't need magnifique. This. Um, but we finally get the 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 final act of the human revolution, which is them sending an atomic bomb to the cyclo homeworld, <laughs> um, or rather, sending a person there with a nuclear bomb into the cyclo homeworld, who blows everything up and uh, it detonates the entire homeworld. So. Congratulations, you wiped out an entire planet full <laughs> of people. Yay for the good guys, I suppose. What do you call it when like an underdog force finally is able to utilize a weapon and you have a suicidal bomber be the mm. one to try and take it out to wipe out a large imperialist force? I'm not sure mm. what it is. But those are always the good guys. I don't right? know either. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As far as far as we know, I mean, this film is telling us that at least. Yeah. That's what the, that's what I'm supposed to infer from the movie. It's, 
<laughs> yeah, this comes down. Uh, this film is brought to you by the brave fighters <laughs> yeah. of the Mujahideen. I know. <laughs> yeah, this is this is what we need. We need to show the new era of Taliban fighters. You know, the ones who are like 16 years old because we've killed all of their parents. Uh, we need to show them Battlefield Earth and be like, "See, we are sympathetic to your cause." <laughs> yeah, this this movie is very uh, pro jihad for sure. Yeah. Oh uh, God. I, I wonder if that's why they went with like the ripoff Native American aesthetic for the Stone Age tribes. Because if Maybe. they went with like desert folks, uh, I think it would be uh, even more on the nose a little bit, you know, of like, oh, oh boy. Oh, what are we doing here? What what movie are we yeah. making right now? Um, right. So, yeah. Uh, big explosion. Our special boy wins. Uh John Travolta is in prison, which is where he should be anyway for making this Lock movie. Him uh, <laughs> 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 Lock him up. That's that's the shit. Battlefield Earth ain't <laughs> going away. <laughs> uh, then in a surprise, at least for me, uh, Forrest Whitaker is like, actually, I'm joining the humans now. I'm I'm gonna teach them everything I know, which seems really stupid because it seems like all they need from him is. Show me how to work that brain knowledge beam thing. And we're just going to do that to as many people as we possibly fucking can. And then we're going to like right. re-colonize uh, Denver, Colorado. And that's what we're going to do. I don't know. That's what it seemed like for me. And refer to ourselves as the Denverians from now on. Yeah, because the rest <laughs> of the world, you know, we got to constitute, reconstitute humanity. Uh, it only can happen in America. It's it's it's, yeah. it's the new world. Yes. The rest of the planet doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. No. Not not even like Kansas exists. It's only Colorado. <laughs> this is a Colorado supremacist uh, <laughs> film. Point in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, and but yeah, so that's kind of what happens. The the credits then roll. There's no song even really. It's just even more no fucking bullshit score. Um. And the movie is thankfully <laughs> over. Dear God, uh, the movie's finally over. Um, some some quick information for y'all. Uh, did y'all read about what happens in the book about what would have been in the proposed sequel for this movie? No, <clears throat> no. It is quite literally uh, with the Psylocks now having been effectively destroyed. You find out that the Psylocks actually had a brain inhibitor chip in them by another class, and that's why they were acting like <laughs> sociopathic assholes the whole time. Meaning, um, humanity just really, really genocided <laughs> the entire planet that they didn't need to fully. Um, and so, regardless, the power vacuum that then came as a result of it, uh, it's all okay. bureaucracy, and there's an intergalactic banking federation oh here we and go oh, let's go no. now yeah. gas. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> so and, not and gonna touch international, that with a uh, banker uh, uh cabal that is uh putting chips in every a, a certain class of people through maybe maybe yep. maybe oh an injection God. i don't like <laughs> oh jeez it's, it's pretty wild and out there i'm not sure we're ready for that level of sci-fi <laughs> We need to make this sequel. Let's fucking go. Yeah, start writing the script right now. 
Let's call up John Travolta. One last ride, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> uh, uh, it, could, it could exist. But needless to say... Uh, it could. We, are, we have come to the point now where we get to figure out, is this garbage or is this not? Real, <laughs> oh my real up for debate issue here. But uh, Brian, what, what are your thoughts? I think Battlefield Earth is absolute garbage. <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> it's absolute garbage. 110% garbage. Put it in the garbage bin. Let's never look back. Um, let this be, uh, garbage in, garbage out's final word on it. And therefore history will never have to discuss this film ever again. <laughs> I was worried ever. you were going to say a final episode. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we're so traumatized by having to watch and rewatch this thing that we just shuttered the we podcast. We can't go back. Yeah. It's just going to be me holding a foil jacket over myself for the next week. <laughs> like, I don't want to watch it again. Oh, God, it's so bad. No more, uh, no more. What about you, Griff? This is, this is on a whole, like, it's on a whole other level of garbage. This is radioactive waste. We need to bury this, like, deep in the Yucca Mountains and just prevent it from ever, ever, like, anyone being exposed to this ever again. Because you, you you can enjoy uh, fun, bad movies for what they are and, and get into that vibe. But this is yeah. unenjoyable on every conceivable level. Like, yeah. no redeeming yep. qualities whatsoever besides, like, just the ridiculous backstory to how it was – how it even, like, came into being. <laughs> like, there's there's more – like, that. that's that's the only, like, fun aspect of this thing. It's just the ridiculous grifting yeah. machinations of, from Travolta and his production studio and the Scientology connection. Like, that. that's the only fun to be had yeah. with this thing. So, yeah, uh, la- launch this piece of shit into space. <laughs> <laughs> Have that warning code on it from, like, the nuclear waste disposal that's like, there is no honor yeah. here. <laughs> Do not open this. <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't think I could have possibly said it better myself. I kind of, in a weird way, would like to see someone do like a $8 million miniseries reboot of this where you just make it full pulp and on a super small budget and you kind of show like uh, it's amazing what happens when you don't have John Travolta calling all the creative shots on this. Right. Because um, it could be fun in its own weird kind of way. Uh, I'm not saying it necessarily would be good. Yeah, like as a Flash Gordon kind of thing, I think it would have been kind of fun yeah, and, I mean, and stupid, and you could have made, made it cool. You know? Exactly. Like Flash Gordon meets Planet of the Apes set yeah. in you know like a, a weird Star Trek, uh, the next generation kind of aesthetic uh, going on. I think that that's something that would be appealing for a lot of people. And um, so, like, if we're going to re- be rebooting good things, why not reboot the misguided things it, instead? Or make it, make, uh, it uh, could, make it like a campy, like, political satire about the alien bureaucratic machinations. Okay, yeah. you know what? You, you got me. You got me. We need to do that. Uh, from the, from the make- director of Trial of the Chicago 7. Sorkin's Battlefield Earth 2. It's all about international baking cabals. Yeah. Uh, congrats. Oh, yeah, uh, QAnon does need a rebrand. I, I, I think I think there's something there. Oh, I, I Let's make it happen. I, I would be so stoked uh, if that's what they ended up latching on to instead. <laughs> The secret Battlefield sequel. Earth, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, it'd man. Be beautiful. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be an episode. So, Brian, thank you so much for coming on. Tell people, where can they find thank you? Thank you for having what me. What have you got going on? Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, you can find the podcast that I co-host at The Illegal Pod, all one word, on Twitter. Uh, you can find me from my last name, uh, Rosler, R-O-E-S-L-E-R underscore Brian, uh, on Twitter as well, if you want to see my inane shit posts. Um, <laughs> what do I have going on? As always, I'm writing for Trebles. If you guys are interested in music and checking out what's going on in the world of music, uh, check out Treblezine. And if you want to see my writings there, I always repost them. Um, and as for that, uh, we just finished a pretty huge uh, like deep dive into the director Sam Peckinpah on the illegal screen and then we're going to be talking about basketball again next episode but i don't remember what we're doing so look for that <laughs> whenever it comes out whatever it is beautiful beautiful and scheduling is so hard it's so hard to keep track of everything yeah uh grift what about you what's happening in the shop uh so the latest collab we got a a, a labor day uh merch drop dropped a couple shirts uh parody of uh the teamsters union uh we got uh like a uh Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes, uh, pissing hazard sign. So a couple, couple irreverent shirts <laughs> at, at, for for your uh, celebration oh, of, you of working class oh. heroes. Um, yes. and then you know nine eleven just around the corner. So you you already know I got some stuff for that. We we need to uh, just you know with white knuckles be anticipating what all is going to be happening. <laughs> yeah, with that should be a fun time. Um, let's see, let's see. For the actual podcast itself, go ahead and follow us on Twitter and Letterbox at Gigo Podcast. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify, all that fun stuff. Y'all know exactly what to do. Uh, I'm going to log off and start trying to figure out how we can make the sequel happen. Because, I mean, if the first yeah, one... let's go to Kickstarter right <laughs> exactly. now. Let's just do Our it. Our goal should be uh, scamming $31 million. I think that's a feasible goal. We can well, do we that. Can set. We could do that. Exactly. Our, uh, Easily. But again, like you said, only a charcuterie board every other day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll pace ourselves. Ben Shapiro is like Daily Wire uh, media production company. I, they, they've been throwing a lot of money at uh, projects. Yes. So I think I think that's a prime target for this one. There we go. All right. Battlefield Earth 2. Gina Carano as <laughs> yes. Pearl. Hell yeah. No, G- Gina Let's Carano as go. the senator's daughter. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes. And now it comes full circle. Oh, beautiful. All right, let's get out of here. Love you all. Bye. Peace.